This week's episode of Greetings from Storybrooke is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash storybrook. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, that link is audibletrial.com slash storybrook. Maybe who you think you are isn't who you really are. What do you mean? Sometimes we think we know ourselves, but... We need a push to show us the reality. That boy with the knife. You stopped fighting him. Why? Because he was just a boy. No. There was something else. I saw it in your eyes. Why did you stop? Why? Because when I looked at his face, I saw me. Greetings from Storybrooke. I'm Bill Meeks. And I'm Anne-Marie DeSimone. And this is the podcast of legend, and only the true ruler of the land may possess it. If found worthy, we'll talk about Once Upon a Time. How you doing, Emery? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> excellent. Excellent. And we're back here for uh, episode two of the new season. Yay! Episode very, two. Very, very pumped. And this is also... Uh, this week marks our first uh, foray into a regularly scheduled second podcast, too. <gasps> True story. Uh, which I, I'd like to talk about real quick. We're, we are going to be doing, as I think we mentioned last week, a second podcast about uh, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, the new spinoff series uh, that they're doing here. And uh, we just wanted to point out that we're going to be recording on Saturday nights, which means we'll be releasing on Saturday nights. And we decided probably the best way to do it, just so you know, since it's all going to be in the same feed, if you're not following Wonderland, I know some people are, some people aren't. We're going to start every episode title with Alice and or Alice versus. So if, if the episode title starts with Alice... You're going to want to go ahead and steer clear. Unless Alice does some strange, crazy crossover later yeah. in the season that we haven't heard about. Well, we'll, we'll make sure not to name the episode Alice, Alice. something if it's a I'm just regular Once Upon a Time episode. And we're also going to, and I think we mentioned this too, we're going to have a different guest on every week uh, to talk exciting. about it. I'm really excited to get to talk to a whole bunch of different people mm -hmm. who are into the same geekiness as me. Yeah, and I mean, we have a lot of uh, our regulars, you know, in the in the feedback section, like Wynn and Hope. They're all on the schedule. My old college roommate, JG, is I'm going so to be excited. joining us. I'm so excited. I haven't talked to JG in years. Which is fun. And this Saturday, uh, joining us will be Roberto Viegas. He's the host of a podcast called uh, My So-Called 8-Bit Life and also a uh, video game sort of a documentary show called uh, Retro Fun Time. But he, he, he's an old friend of mine from way back. The first time I ever appeared on a podcast uh, that wasn't mine, actually, was on his podcast on my so-called 8-Bit Life. So uh, it'll be fun to have him on. Hopefully we can uh, keep the profanity <laughs> reined in on him. We must keep it reined in. Yeah. Also, the reason that we are having uh, Bill's friend on is he's never seen once. Yeah, that's that's That the was gimmick. clutch, and that was really hard mm -hmm. to find someone who wanted to talk one who would talk Wonderland, but wouldn't watch one. Yeah, yeah. So luckily, we found someone who was a, a complete once virgin, and the first thing they're they're gonna see 
is Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. So we're going to see how it holds up to people who might not be interested in the main Once series, but like Silas in Wonderland or whatever. See how accessible it is to the new viewer, which I think will be a fun angle to take on the first episode, which, as we mentioned, will be out this Saturday. Okay, uh, one more thing before we get started in our main episode discussion for Lost Girl is we wanted to announce our contest winners. We've got winners. That's yeah, right. Plural. You, you want to refresh people on the contest, Anne-Marie? Um, sure, since I don't have that open. Uh, oh, no, it's fine. Just <laughs> off the top of your basically, head. Basically, Wynn and City of the Gods. City of the Gods? City, City of, of the gods. gods. City of the Gods yeah. gave us a um, iTunes gift card to give away to our fantastic fans. Mm-hmm. We decided to add a second winner who will win a digital copy of City of the Gods. City of the Gods Forgotten, which is the first book in the series. There we go. So we just had you submit your favorite moments from Heart of the Truest Believer mm-hmm. on a fabulous little form that Bill Meeks made. <laughs> yeah, and we put all of those responses up on our website, greetingsfromstorybrook.com. So you can go ahead and go check all of those out. But we wanted to go ahead and announce the winners. So drum roll, please. And our first place winner for the iTunes gift card is Hannah. Congratulations, Hannah. We'll be getting a hold of you uh, via email very shortly uh, to arrange uh, uh, sending that to you via mail. And you know what? I'll throw in my notes for this week's episode, too. Well, I always like to. Thrilling. Really. You won't be able to well, read. Who doesn't anything? want a piece of typing paper with my awful handwriting on who it? Who still calls it typing paper? <laughs> It's copy paste, man. Okay, but it's our second place winner, uh, our second place winner who's going to win the ebook, uh, City of the Gods Forgotten, is our regular. Our good old fan. buddy, Hope. Hope, yes. Yay, uh, Hope. And she already contacted us on Twitter because we put the blog post up a little earlier today. And uh, yeah, we're, we're going to help her get figured out with Kindle because she doesn't never, have a Kindle? Well, she's, she's never uh, dealt with doing a Kindle ebook before. So I'll, I'll give her a little tech assistance Hope. on that. But I'm c- shocked. Congratulations to both of them Yay, and uh, Yay, hope. you know you know we love doing these contests so uh look, look for something else soon we'll, we'll figure something out but uh thank you guys very much and i guess now Anne marie it's uh time to get on to the main <gasps> meet. rhyme 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 all of our favorites are searching for pan while rumple is off in his own rumple land a map emma's given her true self will show it that is if regina's magic don't blow it Charming tricks Snow with a smidgen of lying. Joke's really on him because now he is dying. Mm-hmm. Pan's plan to the clan continues to unfurl in this week's thrilling episode, Lost Girl. The one, the only, the original Once Upon a Time episode summary rhyme. Yeah, summary rhyme. Woo! So uh, just in general, what would you think of this episode, Anne-Marie? I liked it. I don't think I liked it as much as you. Um, mm-hmm. But <laughs> I, I enjoyed the parallels. I enjoyed, mm-hmm. but I think it may have almost been too parallel, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. I don't know. Well, I'm I, sure we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Yeah, we'll get into it. It was enjoyable. <laughs> See, I I personally absolutely loved the episode. I, 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 th- I thought where last week's episode kind of felt like set up and kind of getting all our characters into the space and the place where they needed to be. This one actually felt like it moved things along a little bit. But we'll talk a little bit more about it. I'll go ahead and start with my first point, which is I realized this episode, you know how how we've been saying since he showed up last season that 
you know, the shadow and pan and everything was like really unusual and really dark. It kind of sunk in during the course of this episode that it's actually really accurate. And the reason he appears, Peter Pan as a character is portrayed really accurately in the series, you know, compared to the original character in the book. And the reason we see him as the bad guy is just because we're looking at it from the adult character's perspective. We grew up. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Because, you know, they, especially that fight scene down in the yeah. woods they that was like that could have been taken straight out of the book the way pan acted and everything yes. but because we're looking at it from the perspective of the characters we've been following for a couple of seasons he seems like the bad guy where if we had been following pan the past couple seasons that they would totally, seem like the bad guy yeah well he would seem like the good guy he's standing up against captain hook and these weird old people he brought <laughs> to Neverland, you know. So, so I thought that I thought that was really cool, and it kind kind of uh, gives me hope that maybe you know Pan might end up on the side of the angels when it's all said and done, possibly. Yeah. But I have a couple other ideas on Pan too. But do you agree with that? Babe? No, I completely agree. Like, I don't think I saw it until you mentioned it the other day. But as soon as you did, I was like, that completely makes sense. Mm-hmm. And really that's how your whole life rolls when you realize, oh, I'm looking at this like an adult instead of like a child or a teenager anymore. Everything's different. Yeah. And I I also think that'll definitely – and this might be encroaching on some stuff later on. But I I think it'll definitely help in uh, what appears to be Pan's goal now of convincing Henry to stay in Neverland. Uh, Like like, I I, I can definitely see Henry – especially considering the whole – you know, resenting your birth parents, giving you up kind of thing that, you know, Henry could definitely end up being on Pan's side. And when they find Henry, he might not want to come back. Right. He might not want to be rescued. He's not really knowing where he's going. Yeah. They don't really know where they'd be going. Mm. So, and I thought, I thought it I actually thought it was a really interesting choice that they didn't show Henry at all. This episode besides Pan wearing Henry's clothes, which is kind of creepy. And I liked it. (laughs) (laughs) You like the creepy. I do like a level of creepy, but you know, keeping him out of the episode the whole time, you you kind of don't know where Henry is at as a character at this point. He's, he's just kind of like hidden off in the shadows while the, other characters are looking for him he's the big MacGuffin, and you just you got nothing who, who knows whose side he'll be on by the time we run into exactly. him exactly well i'm sure peter pan kept him away because that's gonna ruin all the work he's done on him if that makes sense on the convincing well, to stay it, it, your mothers have abandoned you it, it seems in a sense that peter is trying to keep uh, he's trying to manipulate Henry, which we're not seeing, and he's trying to manipulate Emma, which we are seeing. And it's totally working. And you know, it's just a matter of keeping them separated long enough for to get them to where get he everybody. needs them, right. I think. But uh, you had a bit interesting point about Pan's shadow, right? How did his shadow get detached? Mm-hmm. Because I know we had mentioned this before yeah. slightly, but – um, since we opened the episode basically seeing Rumpel cut his shadow away from him and send the um, Dark One sword away or dagger or whatever. Dagger, yeah. Dagger. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know my you – know. It is pretty late too. It's later than we usually record. It's a lot later. Um, but it just seems weird. Like how did that happen? Because we saw Greg, how his shadow got ripped and mm-hmm. that was by a shadow. Yeah. And that – I don't know. I'm really confused as to how it might happen. Like, I don't know. Since obviously Pan and Rumpel know each other. He's been here before. Was that part of their previous battles? Mm-hmm. 
Well, I, I know in the original Peter Pan story, wasn't it just the shadow got bored one day and kind of ran off? Yes, that's exactly what it was. Or something like I, I could I could definitely see that happening. I, I actually – I have some you know, a very interesting theory about sh- the shadows. That, that could happen. I'm gonna, well, I, I'm going to get into it later. But Why I, must you make me wait? I, th- I think I might have figured out Rumpel's whole through line for the episode based on shadows. Man, but we'll, you really got more out of this episode than I did. We'll, we'll get to that in a, a few <laughs> minutes. But yeah, yeah I, I'm, sure, I'm sure we'll see. Definitely Rumpel and Pan have a history. I want to see that flashback. Mm-hmm. That's the flashback I want. <laughs> I want. I know Rumpel, we like live in his flashbacks, but they're just so good. Mm-hmm. It could be like a whole show of just Rumpel flashbacks. Well, so, something that I kind of struck me is that I, I really think you remember last season how I kept talking about how it, it almost felt like there was a, a level of machinations above Rumpelstiltskin and that it might be the Blue Fairy. Yes. Well, I, I think maybe, you know, Pan, it seems like Pan's very manipulative. He's very, you know, moving chess pieces. Maybe he's involved via Tank and... I was just going to say fairies are kind of coming soon. Yeah, exactly. Because I always thought the blue fairy was... Spoiler, next episode. (laughs) Um, But I I always thought the blue fairy was kind of like the one actually pulling the strings. And considering that Tank is so closely related to Pan, maybe Pan's involved too. Especially since, you know, blue fairy will be coming up. Pause spoiler. Yeah, blue fairy, next episode. That's what I was just... I haven't read ahead in your notes. I literally (laughs) walked in from work into record um yeah that's what i was just gonna say is that mm-hmm. the blue fairy is in the next episode which tank is in the next episode yeah so we know how excited i am for this mm-hmm. but i think pulling that all together your blue fairy theory is like she's not good she's evil yeah it, it, I, I, I levels good, there's evil. levels she she's she jumps back and forth she i definitely think she's behind the scenes uh, more so than even Rumple is. I think I, if someone's pulling Rumple strings, it's the Blue Fairy, and I think maybe Pan and Tinker involved somehow too. Yeah, uh, based on you know what we're seeing now, the but, slight preview we've seen. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's we'll have to wait and see. But yes. uh, you know that theory from last season might might start uh, treading a little more. Uh, holding some more water. Yeah, holding some more water. There we so. go. Treading. No, <laughs> holding. Yes. Yeah. Um. Okay. Now I know there were a lot of people. That had issues with me being against Captain <laughs> Swan. And tonight there was a lot of people very Swanfire friendly. Mm-hmm. So rock on, girls. I think this Uh-oh. is our first. Yeah, because like, if you don't follow us on Twitter, you're probably not aware. There's been like. This is our first big like shipper like controversy because it's our I, first any controversy. I am Captain Swan, and all I'm the way. Swanfire three hundred percent. But as I was trying to say, I am not against Captain Swan, but there's Neil. Mm. I love me the Neil. I love the Swanfire. Well, see, just because Emma doesn't end up with Neil doesn't mean he has to leave the story. I mean, he is Henry's father. No, no, there will be no baby daddy. I'm not having <laughs> baby daddy drama in the Enchanted Forest and Neverland. They declared they declared their love for each other. I'm sorry. I appreciate that Captain Hook is probably in love with Emma Swan because she's so cool. But 
Yeah. All I'm saying is there were a couple times this episode where Hook was really trying to get friendly with a potential father-in-law yes. and charming. I agree. You know, it seemed like he was trying to build that rapport for, you know, plans down the line of maybe wooing Miss Swan. Because as of right now, they think Neil's dead or they assume he's dead. Well, the only thing I can confirm is that there will not be a Mulan and Balefire because mm. that was confirmed by the creators. That's in fair. In the past 48 hours. I've, there's a tweet somewhere. That's fair. Search. I, 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 still, I still think Captain Swan is, is, is the couple to beat this season or at least this half season. Well, we'll find for out. For sure. We definitely will. We definitely will. Okay. Um, something uh, that I, I, I thought was interesting. You know, at the end, we see that Charming's cut there. He, he, that he, cut was really yucky looking. Yeah, because he was po- – I'm pretty sure he was poisoned by the bush that they pointed out at the beginning of the episode, the one that Hook made the poison from when well, he poisoned Rumpel. Well, they said that, um, all of the blades were laced with it. Oh, did they, did yeah, they say that yeah, directly? Yeah, Hook said, be careful. All of their arrows have the mm. – Something sleeps. St- I fail. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm tired. It, it, this is definitely it, it, it's the whole poisoning of charming is something they're probably going to play out over the next two or three episodes because Hook says there at the beginning that the version he used on Rumple was very concentrated mm-hmm. and that the actual just like straight from the bush version mm-hmm. would be very slow acting. Right. Which is how he's hiding it for. Mm-hmm. I mean, a good couple hours. He hid it before we saw it. Which it's like being being a fan of. The Walking Dead and other various zombie movies. If there's one thing you don't do when you're in a survivorless or survivalist uh, environment with a group of people, if you get injured, you don't hide the injury from people. Right. Y- your group needs to know. And uh, and I, honestly, they mm-hmm. have people that could heal him. Well, the or th- help. The thing is, like, like even and we're going to get into the flashback here in a minute, but. That's two different instances, both in the flashback and in the current, uh, you know, storyline of Charming being very kind of lying and manipulative or not manipulative, but he he's just like hiding stuff and lying. And do you think they're kind of maybe trying to push him to more? People? Well, it, you know, may, maybe just make him a little less charming. And I mean, they're trying to give him some rough edges. Yes. Yeah. Because he's the only one who had mm. zero rough edges. There was, you know, no sandpaper taken to him. He was not at mm. all. And he, well, I mean, his I guess, character needed depth. I mean, I, I guess in a sense, you know, the whole character's built on a lie a little bit yeah. because, you know, he's the shepherd. He's a shepherd, which was brought up like 17 times mm-hmm. this episode. I think I had actually slightly forgot that he was actually a shepherd mm. until I heard it pounded into my <laughs> skull, which means it's probably going to come up in a very important way Yeah, if it's pounded in your skull like that. Yeah, so. but Charming's di- Charming is dying. Emma might be an orphan soon. Wow. So says Pam. <laughs> so Regina, eh, she's very like detached from the entire group. Mm-hmm. I really am surprised she hasn't just left. Yeah. Like, what is she scared about? Because she hasn't been very helpful. Well, the thing is, is she keeps she keeps trying to be helpful, but the only way she knows how to be helpful is, is be by using her, using her dark magic. magic. Right. Uh, but that wasn't even trying. That was. She doesn't follow very well. She's never followed mm-hmm. very well, and she's trying to take the lead, but she can't lead. She can't. You can tell mm-hmm. she just can't relax. Yeah. Like, dude. It's okay to wait for a little bit mm. to figure this map thing out 
follow the map. She had one of my favorite lines of the episode. Which though. one? Because she uh, had a great one last one. Well, when when they were when Emma was like saying all the things she was to try and get the map to activate, and she mentioned that she was the sheriff of Storybrooke, and Virginia was like, "That election was a sham." <laughs> That was <laughs> like good. great golf. I enjoyed. Okay, another thing with that though, I don't even know if this is in later. But um, how when Emma said she was the savior, trying to get the map to appear, how even Regina was like, "Did that work?" And like yeah. peering over. I don't th- let me make sure. I well, I mean, okay. Reg- how did any of them really think that her sitting there, um, Indian style, talking to a map with six mm-hmm. people around her? Is going to reveal the answers to the map. Well, like when when Snow and Charming were kind of pressing her, you know, don't hold anything back. It was it kind of felt like a scene with like mom and dad sitting there. Read us your diary. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. They they're getting. Let us know about all the mistakes you made. Separated. Yes. But uh, the, um. Anything else before no, we go move ahead. on? Go ahead. Okay, I, I figured we'd address the flashback because that seems to definitely be the most contentious part of the episode. First, I, I have a couple points written down here since it was my point, the f- whole flashback thing. But let, let, let me know you what you thought the weaknesses were overall. It dragged. It felt very draggy mm-hmm. to me because I think last episode with not having any flashbacks, I felt like we were just pushing forward and pushing forward and pushing forward. Mm-hmm. And while I appreciated the parallels – of the flashback and i love seeing super strong snow that's really probably my favorite part of the flashback Mm -hmm. um it just it took too long to get where it needed to be yeah i think yeah definitely It, it, it it seemed a little inconsequential overall it seemed like you know out of the whole fairy tale land or enchanted forest history you could excise that part and it wouldn't make a difference although i did think it was really impressive that they found uh at least a, a major beat in that story, the story of, you know, uh, Snow and Charming taking the land back mm-hmm. uh, from Regina. They found a significant beat to do a flashback around because they've, they've kind of mined that whole oh time my period. Gosh. I know, like, this had to, to be death. the whole, like, 48 hours they hadn't covered in the first two seasons. <laughs> well, I, I don't think we've – we haven't seen, like, the day they won yet either. No. I have. That one I'd actually be interested to see. Mm-hmm. So. But I, and you know the dwarf stuff was really good. It was great to see Grumpy. Yay, series regulars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, that's what we were discussing right after we watched the episode. It seemed like uh, the Grumpy thing and the Bell thing were or scenes were put in there because uh, both Lee Ehrenberg and uh, Emily DeRaven pronunciation's not my special yeah probably not uh but bell um you know they're both series regulars and uh they had to be brought in somehow even though i think bell's scene was better was Mm -hmm. very good but that's for later i have some theories on bell's scene too good continue Uh, but uh yeah lee ehrenberg is always greatest grumpy team grumpy team grumpy all the way i don't know if if some people out there wanted to start maybe i don't know tweeting him being like hey maybe you should see if you can get on and talk to the guys from greetings from storybrook we would not be opposed nope that's all i'm saying okay so flashback campaign it was also great also uh giancarlo esposito esposito (laughs) Uh, he returned as the mirror, which was fun to see. Uh, I just bet a he little comes cameo. Back yeah, I think I had if heard nothing he else, was... just a couple couple of those. Maybe they brought him in for an one day, yeah, yeah, to shoot some stuff. But it was cool. Also, uh, one thing, uh, one last thing that I wanted to mention on the flashbacks is all of Regina's outfits this episode in the flashbacks it really focused on her her cleavage. 
Like there was one where it was like rhinestones lining it, oh, and they, one Regina. where they were pretty much out. <laughs> I, it was it was Bubasaurus Rex. Yeah, I I, I don't know because generally, I mean, her outfits vary a bit more, but it seemed like all of them had that focus. I don't know why. Maybe maybe it was just a, a new designer they had. The new designer was like, <laughs> something. how can we accentuate this? <laughs> but uh, just something I thought I'd point out. But uh, go ahead. Sorry, she was taking was a drink. Taking a drink. Okay. Uh, scrolling unintentionally. <laughs> um, okay. Snow and Charming are even getting a little sickly sweet for me, which you know that means a lot because I love my snow. Mm-hmm. Until Snow pushes Emma just enough to admit the orphan stuff. Yeah. I think their scene alone was mm-hmm. better, but just like you had said, when Snow and Charming are sitting there going, dear, it's okay, da 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 Okay, they're really your driving nuts. In our experience, in da 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 okay, shut it. <laughs> Please, we've heard the spiel. Well, one, one scene that I thought was really interesting was that one where they were walking through and Emma called her Mary Margaret, yes. and she was like... It's a little formal. You can, you know, call me mom. Well, I, I thought it was weird, especially considering most of last season she was calling her mom, I think, wasn't she? She was calling her Mary Margaret. Oh, was she calling she her She literally Mary only called her mom when they thought they were dying in the cave or oh, the okay. thing. I yeah. completely wrong then. But I, yes. I still, I thought it was interesting and uh, probably, you know, something that's going to I feel they need to come up with a nickname. I mean, M mm-hmm. would be kind of okay because it's Mary Margaret and mom. Like, there needs to be a transition. Snow can't really expect her to just jump into this, especially after her admitting this mm-hmm. whole orphan thing. And I don't think she does now that once she saw that happen, she kind of mm-hmm. – they step back a little. Well, you know, with, with, the, pressing. with the whole uh, – you know the the whole orphan angle and the lost boys and everything. It, it, it feels like that's going to be a major thematic focus uh-huh. of the whole thing. And uh, I actually even thought about uh, you know last season we were talking about whoever August left with left with when he left ba- baby Emma. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they were involved too, or if they that might have. I I still think that could that could potentially have been the lost boys totally. that he left with. But I, I definitely but think. But then we're, the question's why didn't he go to Neverland? Maybe he did. Neil would have been gone from Neverland at that point. He didn't age properly then. It would have messed with the aging. Anyway, Fair enough. Sorry. Fair. Continue. You, you just popped into my head, but yeah, I definitely think that's going to be the whole orphan thing. I, you know, with Emma, Henry, Peter Pan, the Lost Boys. I think that's going to be a major thematic element, and well, it'll, it'll probably end up building towards. In acceptance, uh, or Emma's acceptance of being abandoned and maybe uh, kind of reconciliation with her her mother and father or whoever's left alive. Okay. Okay. Could be interesting. Um, so to take a completely different turn with that, I thoroughly enjoy that the doll will not leave. <laughs> it's, it's haunting him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Among but other things. Among under, other things, and I'm kind of thinking I put my points out of order. I should have made that my second point here <laughs> versus my first. So I'm just going to take the other one and pull it up. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole Bell and Rumple thing. And basically, she helped him figure out, let go of the past so you don't repeat it mm-hmm. and move on. Which, of course, is right when he decided to toss the doll that won't die. Yeah. Um. I really like that scene. I know you feel that it was just sort of thrown in there. No, I I wasn't saying it was a bad scene. I was just saying I I think that's probably part of the reason why the scene it's was there. It's probably part. That was but like a meta very, out outside of the story reason why the scene. Yeah, was but there. it felt really strong. Mm-hmm. Especially if my theory is correct. Do it. Let's just pull them all together. It's they're all okay. in the same realm. Okay, so here's ah, my theory. Realm. 
Sorry. The, the, this is uh, the grand unified theory of Rumpel's shadow. Okay, basically what, what I think happened in the, you know, the reason the teaser was Rumpel cutting his shadow off. Mm-hmm. I think Rumpel's shadow is so much a part of Rumpel that it's not going to listen to what Rumpel said. It's not going to necessarily just run off and hide the dagger. What it's going to do is it's going to create a manifestation of Bell to convince Rumpel to, you know, do a certain thing. And then after he throws the doll out, he's going to, the Rumpel shadow is going to go get the doll and keep throwing it at Rumpel's path just to mess with them. You know, they like I, I don't have the, I don't have the exact why worked out, but I think it's Rumple's shadow messing with Rumple. I could see that. Yeah, I could totally see that. But that's my theory. I, I obviously we we'd love to hear what people out there think. Uh, We're about sure it. we will. Yes, uh, you can uh, write in greetings from storybrook at gmail dot com. You're really throwing know. that in there now. I, I am. Okay. No, no, I am because I'd really love to hear what people think on this because I I, I, th- I, th- I think I think I might be onto something. You're always onto something, except with your season finale things. Dear. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, Rumple's shadow is the one who's messing with Rumple uh, and who created Bell. I buy it. And who returned the doll. I buy it. It's my theory. Okay, so uh, let's see. Out of uh, 16 dolls falling from the sky, <laughs> uh, how, how many dolls falling from the sky would you give this episode? Uh, uh, 12 dolls in a head. 12 dolls in a head? Why? Because like I said, I just – I feel it was a good one, but eh, I didn't get as much out of it as you did. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to. Yeah. Um, maybe I need to watch it for a third time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a good episode. Again, I don't like the uh, too many flashbacks. And I usually love the flashbacks. Mm-hmm. But I felt it took away from the current story. Yeah, that, that's one of the things is, you know, the flashbacks are kind of a staple of the series. But this one just – and it I agree draggy. with you when other people who responded to us on Twitter and Facebook. It, it felt a little bit off. Mm-hmm. It felt a little bit tacked on for the sake of having a flashback. Yes. Yes, that, mm-hmm. that, that's where the head comes in. Which is, I think, uh, you, you know, when I sat down to write my notes, Sam Marie had already written hers, and uh, I, I went through and I put almost all of them on, in it, and then I realized that none of them addressed the flash, flashback at all, which, which I, I thought was kind odd. of a negative sign. <laughs> Probably not a good idea. Which is why I went back in and added the flashback uh, section. But that's good. I I would give it. I would give it more. I would give it like a fourteen out of sixteen dolls falling from the sky and an arm. Oh, and an arm. (laughs) But no, I I thought it was the especially the current storyline was really good. A lot a lot of pan action, which Mm -hmm. is always fun. Him him be nice and creepy, and uh, you know, I think I got some uh, really decent insights from this episode and where they're going. I think even more so than the premiere, yeah. which is why I liked it so much. Some things kind of opened themselves up to me <laughs> while yeah. I was watching it. And, and maybe next week we'll do that with me because I'm slightly mm. more in tune with like the fairy world than you are. Yes. So that might that might do that. Anyway. But overall, good episode. Good episode. Good episode. I'm really excited for Wonderland though. Mm. Like at this point, I'm just like, I get to do this twice a week now. <laughs> Let's bring on Wonderland. Yay. Yeah. And just as a reminder, uh, sometime Saturday night, our first... First uh, Wonderland episode will be going up. It'll be called Alice and or Alice versus something. something. <laughs> and we'll still be doing, you know, the, the rhyming intros and everything. Those too, are our rhyming those, intros. So shtick, right? Yeah. We're the only one who does those well. No matter what you see on Twitter. <laughs> 
Okay, uh, we would like this week, uh, as every week, really, yes, that's every uh, week. to thank Audible.com for uh, sponsoring our podcast here. Thank and, you, uh, Audible. For the listeners of Greetings from Storybrooke Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Now, uh, you, you know, every week we try and come up with uh, a recommendation to give you, and I figured since Wonderland's starting this week, we should do a... Uh, a reading of Alice in Wonderland, and I thought, who better than Sally Field, the flying nun herself? I love Sally Field. She is. She's America's sweetheart. She's One Gidget. Of the many. One she's of the Gidget. Many. She's Gidget and the flying nun. Can't beat it. You can't beat that. Mm-mm, no. But she read Alice in Wonderland. We're going to have a link in our show notes at greetingsfromstorybrook.com. Definitely go and check it out. I haven't listened to the full thing yet. I have listened to the sample. Great stuff. Great stuff. And the nice thing about an audiobook is you can throw it on your iPhone. You can listen to it on your computer. Anywhere uh, you are. Any, anywhere you are, any device you have, you can throw on the audiobook. And, you know, once you're done with the 30-day trial, you know, they just blip a little bit out of your bank account every month and you get a new book to read or listen read, to. Read. Yeah. In quotation marks. Read with your ears. Read with your ears. With Audible. With your eyes. <laughs> read with your ears. With Audible. And now I'm going to do the rest of it in my announcery voice. Yay! To download your free audiobook, go to audibletrial.com slash storybrook. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash storybrook for your free audiobook. Read with your ears with Audible. And we want to thank Audible. Thank you, Audible. I'm sorry. <laughs> and now, on to the news. News. Okay, first the ratings. Okay, uh... And we're going to have links to all of these stories in the show notes, obviously, at greetingsfromstorybrook.com. But uh, once upon a time this week, uh, they scored a 2.5, which is down a tenth from last week's uh, 2.6 adults, 18 to 49. But I did notice uh, a couple days after we recorded our episode that Adam Horowitz tweeted out that the DVR numbers, which Nielsen is now taking into account, were Yay. crazy high. I, I did. I, I couldn't find the actual tweet, the exact tweet that had the DVR numbers in it. He but, tweets a lot. Yeah, he really does. But yeah, they were really good. So, and I, I think uh, you know, DVR numbers are going to become more and more important to ratings as we move further into this cord cutting world. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And yeah. uh, you know, it was premiere week. There was a lot. I mean, last mm-hmm. week. Come on now. Well, last breaking week. Breaking bad. Yeah, last week was the <laughs> the Breaking Bad finale, which is probably the biggest. Yeah, I think like, cultural impact finale since maybe the sopranos right or seinfeld even oh seinfeld the yeah. worst last episode anyway um so yeah i think those dvr numbers are really going to be mm-hmm. important there's just so much like there's like two or three days whoops sorry um <laughs> a week that are just jam-packed on every network and sundays mm-hmm. are one of them yeah and i'm going to be interested because thursdays are also another pretty big one and that's what wonderland's going against yeah see especially sundays uh for genre stuff like uh walking dead and everything oh yeah because that starts this week doesn't it mm-hmm But uh, let's see. They also uh, released a promo uh, for next week's episode, Quite a Common Fairy. It's interesting. You get to see a little bit of Tinkerbell, a little bit of her interacting with Regina and others. And she 
doesn't seem necessarily as sweet as you might think. She also doesn't seem to be a big fan of Regina, which makes her my new friend. <laughs> <laughs> no, but actually, you know what? I guess Tank really wasn't she was never nice. all that sweet. She tried yeah. to beat up Wendy on re- like over and over. She told the Lost Boys to shoot her because she mm-hmm. was a bird or something. <laughs> and they actually did, and didn't they? And they did yeah. until Pan saved her. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, and right at the end of this preview, it's fun. She throws is she blows like some pixie dust in modern day Regina's face and yes. knocks her out. Which is I did, I kind of enjoy that when they like confront Tank on Neverland, she mm-hmm. looks a little rough. Yeah. Like where did her dust go? Because <laughs> get yourself together, sister. Mm-hmm. Get yourself together. All right, and uh, the last thing we have for the it, it's <laughs> it's weird because you know uh, before we had been recording like last year we had recorded a lot on like Tuesdays or yeah. so or maybe maybe Wednesdays and there was more news out and unfortunately there's not as much out uh, now but this was a kind of funny this I, was hilarious yeah I I retweeted this from the ma- our main Twitter account last night but basically during the broadcast of Once Upon a Time they had those little uh, you know lower third. Uh, promos for Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. And uh, at one point, uh, when Rumpel was talking to Snow, I over Snow's uh, uterine Lower region. area. Yes. <laughs> a big swirling vortex was put there as, as a part of the promo for Wonderland. And out came the white rabbit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which was uh, quite funny, but I, I you know, uh, what, what's her Jennifer uh, Goodwin took it all in, in good fun and everything. She even – the Entertainment Weekly article that is addressing it that we linked to, She they even included a tweet where she kind of uh, pointed to the article and was like, ha-ha, and no, I'm not viral. <laughs> so, nice. I thought that was kind of fun. Nice. Yes. I enjoyed – they attempted the magic crush <laughs> or moment. But yeah, so. if you want to check that out or any of the stories we mentioned, like I said, they'll be up at the show notes at greetingsfromstorybrook.com. I, now, uh, I guess we should probably move to a little section we like to call listener questions slash feedback, which is what it's listed yes. in this doc, but we actually never refer to it as that in the no, show. No, we really don't. Never. At all, but you know, you all know it's coming. So if you ever want to leave us some feedback, feel free to email us at greetingsfromstorybrook at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at GF Storybrook. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash greetingsfromstorybrook. And please send us voicemails. We love voicemail. Bill really loves voicemails. <laughs> um, at 424-274-2352. Again, that is 424-274-2352. And I've learned things from him. <laughs> and speaking of voicemails, our first voicemail or our first uh, feedback uh, is a voicemail from Hope, who won our contest story. Second place in the contest. Second place in Second the contest. Second place. But I take it away, Hope. Hey, guys. It's Hope. You know, I really enjoyed this week's episode. As, like, gripey as I was last week, I really loved this one. The only big major thing I had a problem with was how fast Snow forgave Charming for lying to her in the Enchanted Forest. Because I think that's really the first time we've seen David lie to her and betray her like that. And the consequences literally started a war with Regina. Like, that was just such a big thing. And she was pretty much like, oh, Charmin, you did so much bad things. And, oh, I want to make out with tongues. It's okay. True love kiss. Like, it just didn't feel like something that should be easily forgiven. 
Yeah, she found her her inner strength. Yeah, she realized she's going to be a princess. But he lied to her. And, yeah, though if David dies from that little cut on his side, I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry forever. Yeah, I thought the whole the whole Excalibur angle and everything, it, it just felt so off from the it, characters. It felt off. But you know what? I totally was with Snow and probably would have forgiven that quickly, too, because of what he was trying to accomplish. Yeah. He wasn't trying to get her, you know, to go to mm. Granny's for dinner. He was trying to get her to start this revolution. You can do it. I know you can do it. And that's why I had to show you mm-hmm. that you can do it. No? You didn't need the magic feather Dumbo. You had it in you the whole time. You've been holding on to that for 24 hours. I have been because I said that. Right you mentioned Dumbo. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was basically the, the Excalibur was the magic feather. It and, really was. But the thing was, I, I, I don't know if if uh, – it made sense for Charming to give that lesson to Snow at that point in their relationship. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Hi, will you marry me? Okay. Now let me convince mm. you that you're as strong as I know you are. Well, it, it, I mean, that was after they had been through their big struggle as a couple. You know, the whole her her being in the glass coffin thing. Right. <laughs> and kind uh, of important. You know, that, that whole ordeal. A, a, the main story that we all know and love. Yeah. And, and it just it just felt really weird for him to be I, I don't know kind of manipulating her like that at that point. But this is so strange. You're on the side of the girl, and I'm on the side of the boy. <laughs> hey, I'm all for it. Ah well. Ah well. All right, uh, we did have one more voicemail, which we got a couple days after we released our last episode from Dave. Dave from Michigan. Yeah, that- Dave from Michigan. Woo. But it was really good. I unfortunately, it's kind of long, and some of it was addressed in this week's episode. So we really didn't want to include it here. But we are going to put it after uh, the close of the, the episode. Yeah, it'll be or it'll be the outro. I think. Yeah, yeah. Right after the music, st- stick around after the music. It's it's decent, and there's still some very good points to be made there. But we just didn't have time for it today. Uh, but if you want to, uh, like I said, stick around until the end. If you want to. Uh, Anne-Marie, would Hi. you like to – are you having trouble or would you like to read Allison's email next? Ah, I was just seeing what that link was. I'm a little behind tonight. Yes, I'll read Allison's okay. email. <laughs> hey, Anne-Marie and Bill. Great episode last night. Charming. Oh. Anyway, my latest theory is that Emma will need to accept her parents and the only way that she'll be able to do that is on her father's deathbed. Emma's emotions will help her use her magic and save Charming. Also, Bill, I get to tear down your Mulan Neil theory. Woo woo! Because <laughs> yesterday, TV Fanatic did an interview with the entire cast and asked Michael Raymond James Neil if a Neil Mulan hookup was coming soon, to which he said, and I quote, don't count on it. Also, at Comic-Con, somebody asked about Mulan and Neil, and Jennifer Morrison said, hey, that's my baby's daddy. And mm-hmm. Eddie Kitten has said that the last time we saw Neil, that he was looking up at the woman he loved, telling her he loved her too. Swan fire forever. Um, anyway, love the podcast. Keep it up and charming. No. <laughs> P.S. Do you guys think that true love's kiss make your charming? Seems a bit anticlimactic. What do you think, Allison? Well, uh, you know, all Swan fire stuff aside, because I'm still (laughs) totally Captain Swan. We're just going to go past the shipping now. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I I think that uh, 
I don't know. It seems more likely that a Regina or a Rumpel might pull out some magic. I feel that I think to, that's going to happen with Rumpel. If if Charming will let his pride get out of the way, so he can let the other people in the group in on it, because I I think it's just a ma- mainly one he wants he wants to be the hero. He right. wants to be charming, and two he doesn't want his injury getting in the way of their main or their primary directive, which is to find Henry. Find Henry. I think that either Hook is going to know the signs because he's familiar mm-hmm. with the poison. And they're besties now. Uh, they're totes besties. <laughs> um, or somehow Rumple is going to rejoin the pack or the clan, as you mm-hmm. dub them. Um, and he's going to recognize it and he's going to do something about it. Because, I mean, they're just going to be the ones like, maybe mm-hmm. Hook knows of an antidote on the island. Because, I mean, if that stuff is so prevalent, I'm sure there's some sort of uh, something. Or they're going to kill off Snow and Charming. Or they're going to kill off Snow and Charming. No, they're not going to kill Snow and Charming. They could... I, I, Do I, not totes me again, sir. I, I, I could see a path to them killing Snow and Charming. Well, they're in not servi- going to kill In service of the story. Not as like a big shocking thing or because the actors are leaving. But to serve the story, I could totally see them doing it. I, I don't want them to do it. They need a tissue now. But sometime, sometimes in serialized fiction, you know, a weekly television show, sometimes the thing you want the least is the best thing for the story. Yet, <laughs> <laughs> and, and my voice is bothering me a little Would bit. Would you like you me read, to read? Yeah, this could one? you read a uh, Holly from Wisconsin too? <laughs> sure, Holly from Wisconsin. <laughs> hey, Bill and Anne Marie! Wow, what an episode! Rumble cutting away his own shadow and having it hide the dagger. Mm-hmm. Smart move. Though now I'm wondering if that's going to leave him vulnerable here. We also find out about that little straw figure. It was Rumples as a boy, so now I'm either leaning towards Rumples' father was a lost boy, or mm. maybe even the leader, and then Pan decided to take over. Totally like see it. that. like it a lot. Maybe back in the day, the lost boys could travel freely to and from Neverland without any repercussions. It's a theory. The flashback scenes were rather interesting. The dwarves sure didn't trust Charming at first, which I can't <laughs> believe we didn't mention. Um, seven big brothers indeed. Grumpy as usual had some good one-liners. Don't even get me started on Regina and her using magic to try and track down Pan. Listen to Hook. Sure, he may be a pirate, but the guy's been there and faced Pan and he knows that he's not going to be happy that she used magic to track him down when Emma needs to do the work. Trust him. Loved Emma telling Hook that if he liked perms and waxed mustaches, that he'd like the Hook that was portrayed in the movie. <laughs> and guy liner. Uh, the guy liner. But there was no guy liner. It's the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of had it called that Charming got hit with one of the arrows just the way that he brushed Snow off when she wanted to check and make sure and check him and make sure. Pan saying that Emma's going to wind up an orphan before she gets off the edge. Sure, me. I swear it's not that I'm just tired. I'm sure that he's hoping this is just him pushing her buttons and not major foreshadowing. Well, I'll wrap it up here. Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts. Can't wait for next week. Holly from Wisconsin. (laughs) Well, thank you very much, Holly. Holly. And uh, yeah, I really. Your voice is bad, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) It's late, too. It's like 1130. Um, but but uh, no, what, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, I really like that idea about uh, Rumpel's father being an original Lost Boy. Yeah. Or, you know, someone who, who was... Someone from Neverland. Like the leader of Neverland and Pan faced off with. And that could explain the whole... 
kind kind of like leverage that Pan seems to have over mm. Rumple. I like it. Definitely, definitely. Oh, Let's make he, it happen. Here, I pulled up uh, our Twitter. I wanted to read a few of the tweets because we got a lot of tweets last night right after the episode aired. Mm-hmm. So I thought it'd be worth it to come in here and, and read a few. Okay. Uh, f- uh, first of all, uh, from Lauren Galloway, um, th- she says that Peter's playing such a dangerous game threatening Emma's parents. Uh, why Why will Henry not want to go? Poison mind? Definitely, I, I would say yeah. that. Um, let's see. And uh, Anthony Hooper, Hoops Nine Hundred, who is Hoops. is on our our list. We don't have him hard scheduled yet, but he will be on the Wonderland podcast. Uh, he he asked, "I wonder why Rumple's stick man was coming back to haunt him every time he destroyed it." I uh, my theory, as we mentioned, is Rumple's shadow is playing games. Do you have any other? Ideas? I think it's Kurt. I mean, it's obviously cursed in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, it would have burnt. When he set it aflame, he's kind of powerful. Yes. Um, but I think bit. it's got some sort of a, you know, maybe some blood magic on there. Mm. Just saying. Okay. And uh, Wynn said, uh, she, I feel like I could have skipped tonight's episode without missing anything important. My interest may have tipped to Wonderland, which is good because Wynn's going to be on one of our wonder- our next week's Wonderland episodes. <laughs> I good believe. job. I'm Keep, not, those, thoughts, Keep I, those thoughts. Well, I'm not. I'm not looking at the calendar, but uh, yeah, I could definitely see that. Like t- tonight's episode, especially the flashback, was it could be excised from the season, and you wouldn't miss anything at all. No, I don't think I really pushed anything too far forward. For sure, and uh, let's see. Stacy Anderson says I'm having visions of Henry getting Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> <And> <laughs> hashtag Save Henry. Uh, hashtag Tinkerbell, which is the new hashtag of the week. Hashtag of the week. Tinkerbell. Save Henry is out. Tinkerbell is in, as a hashtag is concerned. Grumpy on GF Storybrooke. I don't know. <laughs> Somebody make a hashtag for us. Yes. Just throwing it out there. That's another reminder. Lee Ehrenberg, at Lee Ehrenberg. You should come on Greetings from Storybrooke. They're awesome. <laughs> and uh, let's see here. Uh, Kate said, such an amazing uh, snowing and Captain Swan episode of Once Upon a Time. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on it. Hope you enjoyed them, Kate. <laughs> and uh, let's see. Anything else interesting? And a lot of stuff supporting Anne-Marie and her whole Swan Fire thing. Swan and not fire supporting me in my whole, Swan in my whole uh, Captain Swan thing. I think I the can't cap- believe I'm involved in a shipping battle, just so <laughs> I, you know. No, you know what? I can believe you're involved in a shipping battle. I cannot believe I'm involved <laughs> in a shipping battle. Yes, but I'm so anti-shipping most of the time. Because that, that once panel I did at Dragon Con this uh, like summer, shipping. shipping came up and I was like, I don't do shipping. <laughs> and now I'm a total shipper. So it, Here we are. Nice. <laughs> but uh, here, you know what? I'll, I'll go ahead and say again, if you want to write us next week, uh, we love reactions for Wonderland or for the regular Once Upon a Time. Right after the episode happens, let us know on Twitter at GF Storybrooke. You can email at, email us. Greetings from Storybrooke at gmail.com. Uh, let's see. Facebook. Oh, there was stuff on Facebook. Facebook. Facebook.com slash greetings from Storybrooke. Or you can leave us a voicemail. 424-274-2352. And we've been doing a lot with the social media lately. We uh, really have. You know, tweeting right after the episode airs uh, when possible or going on Facebook to see what you guys thought of it. So we love hearing from you. Uh, we definitely want to hear some more from you again. And as I mentioned, there's a new blog post up with the contest winners and everyone's favorite moments from the premiere. Uh, let's see, Emery. Can you think of anything else that Hold we're on. missing? Hold, please. Scrolling. Hold. Scrolling. Hold. Scroll it. See, I need a computer. 
Um, I believe we are still on the verge. 98 likes. 98 on likes. On the old Facebook. We need two more likes. Two more. Somebody suck it up. Slash make a Facebook Storybrooke. like Greetings from Storybrooke. Mm-hmm. I know you're on there. That URL, if you missed it, was facebook.com slash greetings from Storybrooke. Yes. And we want to get to 100 because reasons. I'm not exactly sure why. Because it's fun. It's a nice round it's number. It's a nice round it number. It is a nice round number. Okay, so I guess, you know, we'll we'll see you guys this weekend. Oh, how can they get a hold of you, Bill Meeks? Oh, oh, thank you for asking me, Emery Desimony. Why? Uh, <laughs> Why? You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Bill Meeks. And also, I have an audiobook, uh, Dog Boy Den of Thieves, dogboyadventures.com. Last time I'll mention it this week. <laughs> okay, I'm it's, holding you to that because there's where, another podcast this week. And where can people find you on Twitter? I'm at AMD Simone, non Dissimony, or whatever he likes to call me. <laughs> so. Okay, well, uh, it's late, so we're going to get to bed. <laughs> but I guess until next time. Greetings from Storybrooke. Enjoy that uh, voicemail. Greetings from Michigan, guys. This is Dave from Michigan, a big fan of yours and all of the other ones podcasts out there. I've listened to most of them this week, and I wanted to give you guys my theory based on what I've heard. I haven't heard anybody else mention this idea, but I think it's perfectly up the alley of Kitsis and Horowitz to do. Um, I'm going to give you the, the, the building blocks for it first and then end with my theory and see what you think. So... The doll that Rumpelstiltskin had, he kissed it in a way that it seemed like he, he, it was like a regret. Like it, somebody made it for him that he loved and he lost. But we know that it wasn't Mila because, you know, he killed her. He didn't lose her. And he only slightly regrets that, I'm assuming. Um, so maybe it's something that his mother made for him or his father uh, had made for him or a sister had made for him. We also know that he's very old because he's the dark one. But we know that Hook and Mila were getting together when he was still human. Before he was the dark one. But we and now Hook is still the same age too. And I would assume that that's because he went to Neverland We saw when we saw him take the bean from um, when he still had the bean and he used to take his ship and his, his guys to Neverland. But how does he know what Neverland was? My theory is that he was born on Neverland to either Rumpelstiltskin's mom or sister who was on Neverland because the spirit or the shadow came and got him and brought him onto Neverland. That's how Rumpel knew about Neverland and knew that Peter Pan was a, a you know, really evil person, a difficult to deal with type of person. And so he knows about Neverland and Hook came from Neverland, left, and came back and was there for however many years it took until the curse hit where he then was stuck with uh Korra for 28 more years and then came to our world and we are now here. So my theory is that Rumpel and Hook are either brothers or uncle and nephew or some relation 
that is going to come out to them at the end of the 11-episode arc that's going on right now. That's going to be the huge reveal at the end of this half of the season, and then it'll play out for the second half. I'd like to hear your thoughts on that next week. So I just wanted to call in and give you that and tell you how much I love 